Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Drunk Drunk and Mustache Podcast. I'm Logan. Here with me today, Ozzy on his guitar and Kev Nasty on his laptop, I believe. Uh, how y'all doing today, guys? Desktop and old-fashioned is what I'm running today. I'm actually I'm actually projecting my voice through a guitar and uh, somehow making it go into uh, Discord. Well, you're actually speed running, like, I think it's, uh, what... Fight Club, uh, Punch Out, at the same time that you're doing this podcast. Blindfolded, baby. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean you've been working on your speed run. I know about it. All that jazz. I know you and Andrew teaming up on the. All right. So anyway, uh, <laughs> today we're doing uh, Frozen Drinks, and let's see if I can remember all the albums and bands we've got. Toxicity by System of a Down. We've we got Rage Against the Machine by Rage Against the Machine. And we've got and we've got Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden. Uh, this this was the theme this week was bands we want to see in concerts. But first we gotta get through, I think this week was actually Kevin's least favorite part, the uh, frozen drinks. So Kevin, since uh, I know you had a little spiel prepared. Do you want to go ahead and tell us about your frozen drink and, I guess, what you like or don't like about it? Um, so I chose the Rock Lobster, um, which is a cocktail that includes, let's see if I can find it. It's banana and pineapple, like, blended together. A lot of grenadine, too, yeah. Alright, so, and coconut rum. So, banana, coconut, a little bit of pineapple juice, a little orange juice. Mostly coconut banana, though. Grenadine, I can really taste the pomegranate in it. And then you float a quarter ounce of dark rum on top. If you want to know, I get the recipe off thespruceheats.com. We're not sponsored by them. If you want to sponsor us, you know, shout out. We are sponsored by Trolley Gummy Worms, actually. Believe it or what? not. What the fuck? Give me some free shit. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you lying right now, right? Uh, at the moment. I'm working on it. Okay. But anyway, Kevin, okay. continue. Um, so, I had an issue with this because most any... I could not... I physically could not find... And please, if you have one, leave it in the comments. And I would love to try hey, it. Smash that like button below, too. Uh, but if it's not fruit and sugar based, you can't find a frozen drink that does that. It's all this super sugar and put as many tropical flavors, not necessarily a frozen margarita, which is tart, uh, and sour, which is fine, but it's nothing tastes as good as it is just on the rock. I get that you get a different, you know, texture to it, but all of these drinks between what everyone picked, so we had a pina colada, a rock lobster, and a strawberry banana daiquiri. They're they're all pretty much the same. They're they're all pretty much the same. They all have tons of sugar, and I I guess. The only 
good thing about it is that I didn't really feel them sneaking up on me because I don't normally drink them. So between the sugar and the alcohol that's in them, because you can really load these things up because I'm a sugar zone, that I ended up getting way too drunk and had a huge hangover the next day. I don't oh, know yeah. if that's because of all of the alcohol or if it's because of all the sugar that's in it that really, and I mixed a couple other things, but that's neither here nor there. But in terms of... DVD oil. I, no, I, I had a beer and some whiskey as well, but... Uh, well, I had like four beers. Uh, but they're just not, they're always just too cloyingly sweet. I can't stand, I mean, if I was on a beach and it was like 90 fucking degrees outside and this was the one drink I was going to have in the next like two hours along with some fucking water, I'd be okay. The taste was fine. I mean, the, the rock lobster tasted good. It on a, it was a completely average drink. If you don't want a pina colada and you like bananas, I'd say opt for one. But other than that, I can't really give this whole section a good rating because I just don't like the style. I'd rather have anything on the rocks. In fact, I took some of the dark rum, some of the banana liqueur, and just mixed it with orange juice and put it on the rocks, and it still tasted better. And I enjoyed it more than what I drank when it was frozen and blended again. Yeah, so before we kind of get more into it, I did I did make all three of these drinks. I've kind of got like a half rocks glass of my batch in front of me. Now, granted, I made these like a week ago because technical difficulties happened. So now they're mostly syrup. And yeah, uh, I would say... These things are not, these are clearly dessert drinks, every single one of them, because they're basically syrup, you know, like, no matter how you cut it. Now, the rock, the rock. It's a hot day diabetes drink. Oh, absolutely. And I do agree that I think that's kind of the point. One of the things you touched on is the fact that it, it sneaks up on you and it's great on a hot day. So, like, you don't. You can hide a lot of liquor in these. Yeah, you can sneak it through, but, uh. I'm definitely not a healthy option. I will say um, the Rock Lobster, I just for comparison's sake, I forget the brand, but I remember these like little children's banana popsicles they used to make back there, back in the day. It tastes a lot like that, you know. They're not bad. I just... How much banana are you putting in it? Uh, well, I put more banana in it than... Uh, I think the banana was a bigger ingredient in this one than it was in the strawberry banana uh, daiquiri, for example. Okay. So the banana flavor kind of shines through. I also didn't add orange juice uh, in mine. I just didn't have any. So I kind of got more of the grenadine flavor out of it. But the banana is what stands out. I didn't have a problem with it, but it's also... It's one of those drinks where it's like I really like it to start, but then if you get like halfway through it and you're like, okay, I've got, I've kind of had my full of this, you know. So it's definitely it's definitely not like for continuous drinking kind of purposes, that's for sure. Although I'm not sure any of these are uh, necessarily for that purpose. But uh, I I do get where Kevin's coming from. These are probably not the uh, unless you're in a particular atmosphere is probably not the ideal drink um and i think especially for you kevin where it's you're somebody who appreciates like the more deep tastes i guess is one way of putting it 
Like, uh, you want my drinks to taste like alcohol. Yeah, when you've got that kind of stuff, just having the sweetness overpower you is not really adding much. But anyway, Ozzy, Ozzy, do you want to tell us about the strawberry banana daiquiri? I actually, before you tell, before you, before you get into it, I, I just wanted to say. There are a million goddamn recipes for strawberry banana daiquiris. I was trying to find the recipe that matched up with yours, and I googled it. It's like a million of these fucking things. So yeah. hopefully, I got something similar. But go ahead. I mean, I'm pretty much echoing what you guys said. I feel like they're all kind of the same thing. I didn't try all three, but just coming off what you guys are saying, I'm going to say the same thing about mine. I mean, mine's pretty sweet. Um, I try to go a little. I try to pull back a little bit of the sweetness. And I have, I have tried to get the ratio right with, you know, getting it to taste good and not putting too much ice. Because one recipe I used had way too much fucking ice, so it tasted like pure fucking water. That was so bad. It was, it almost made me not want to even make it anymore. But then I figured it out, and it really just kind of tasted like a smoothie. Um, um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I didn't really like like the daiquiri is already. It's a drink. That's not frozen, right? To begin with, right? Uh, and I didn't really right. want the, it's, a, it's a margarita, but with rum, with rum instead right. of tequila. And I don't, I didn't really like taking a drink that is already made to be the way it is and make it frozen. I feel like that takes away from the drink. I feel like it doesn't, you know, really add anything to it. It just, like, pretty much what we're saying is, it makes it a vehicle to drink alcohol quicker and not feel it because it turns into a slushy. And it just reminds me of the time. Worst. Really. I didn't drink that much, but I do remember it reminds me of the time we went down to Savannah, and Savannah is notorious for their slushy alcoholic drinks. Mm. The fact that you can drink them in public. Um, You can drink alcohol in public anywhere in Savannah. Yeah, Um, I forget the name of that place, but there's like a famous shop, right? That like serves slushy drinks. We were out there, and um, I mean, it's good. It's, It's refreshing, I will say that, but at the end of it, it's just too sweet and. I just didn't really like it in general. I do like the strawberry banana flavor that I went for, and the reason I picked strawberry bananas is because those two combinations uh, I really enjoy. But I'd rather just have a smoothie, or and even then, like I, I don't know. I don't know. I just wasn't a big fan. Again, very sweet. I like my flavors a little bit more straightforward and not as rich when it comes to sweetness. Yeah, um, I will say that um, I. I tasted the pina colada. I made a pina colada and I made uh, the rock lobster. I did not make the strawberry banana daiquiri because I'd had a daiquiri and uh, Ozzy chose late and I had a huge hangover so I wasn't going to make any more frozen drinks. But uh, Kristen did make a strawberry daiquiri with strawberry banana but we followed a traditional, a more traditional recipe for the daiquiri in which it still had the lime juice in it. Oh, so I, I did use that still. And so the lime, I will say that the lime juice was a very redeeming factor in the daiquiri because the sourness took away from some of the sweetness. So it was a, a better balanced drink than the other two, the pina colada and what, which I love. I love drinking suntan lotion. That shit will never get old to me, and I fucking love it. Anything that's pina colada flavored, I absolutely love it. But it's just, the drink itself is too fucking sweet. And the daiquiri actually had lime or something to balance it out. And so it was a little bit better. I didn't put any banana in it, 
because I didn't want to. Uh, it was Christmas drink, and uh, so it, it you know it turned out different than pure sugar cane that was covering up alcohol. I will say that I I did edit some of my recipes by adding more lime because I wanted something a little more tangy instead of sweet. Yeah, and you're right. The, the the lime did help, and I also used lemonade to kind of uh, add some waterness to it because I had to figure out the ratios. And, oh, that's kind of. Uh, I can't add. I was like, I can't add more simple syrup because that's just going to destroy it, and I couldn't add more ice because that's just going to make it watery. So I added lemonade, and that made it refreshing too. Is it was just a complete butchery of a daiquiri. Um, yeah. But. I mean, you can definitely make something good out of it and refre- a little bit more refreshing if you go down the citrusy side of it, um, either with lemonade or some kind of lime. Um, I did enjoy that. Yeah. I think the lime is a big help. Yeah, I was going to touch on that. I didn't want to overpower y'all. But yeah, that was my friend's recipe uh, in Seattle is the one I went with. He actually re- recommended don't use ice because it overpowers, it like waters down the drink. Just get a bag of frozen strawberries, just like two bags of it, and use that instead of ice. Uh, the only problem with that is I think I ended up with too many strawberries because I, no matter how much like banana liqueur or bananas I added, I could never really taste it. But yeah, you're at, both of y'all are absolutely right though. Like it's just way too sweet with the bananas, but when you add the lime juice in, man, you get that perfect tanginess, and I just love that kind of taste to it. It's another one of those drinks, though, that as we were kind of touching on, I think they all fall into this category, for me at least, where it's like, I like the start of the drink. It feels really good to start. It's like, this is nice. And then you get like quarter, halfway through it, and you're just like, I don't want to finish this. This is this is disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea of the drink and the flavor of the drink, but I don't like how it actually comes across for an entire drink. Yeah. Like, if they could dial back the sweetness to it a little bit and make some of the liquor show a little bit more, which I'm sure you can. Like, I was following a generic recipe for both of these. I'm sure you can get higher proof uh, rum and add coconut flavoring or just regular coconut and some pineapple and, like, have it be super high proof or have you know, a liquor really showed through, but the way that these are normally made is just so cloyingly sweet that it's hard to drink an entire one of them. Right. And that gets on to my drink, which is the pina colada was what I chose. And to Kevin's point, there's a reason I chose it. Uh, I don't know. I think there's a reason that there are specific candy flavors that are pina colada. They're not like pineapple or coconut they're like a combination of the two makes it taste completely different like the the milky sweetness of it is very unique and it's it's hard to get anywhere else that said you kind of run into the same problem that we just talked about and i think it also factors into another thing that i i never really think about with these kind of drinks where it's like it's strange being on a beach where you're drinking this to, you know, cool down. 
But all but all the alcohol inside of it actually heats you up after you finish the drink. It's kind of strange. It's a weird combination. So These, you keep buying drinks. So yeah, so you just keep drinking and get more drunk, and then you get more hungover the next day. Yeah. Vicious cycle. I can't imagine being dehydrated on top of the regular dehydration you get from drinking all day. <laughs> like, I'm sure there's going to be a time in my honeymoon in which I am just going to feel like absolute shit. And not it's not. It's not great. It's not great but uh yeah i mean i love pina coladas i think with the trick with me is you got to always use the uh cocoa cocoa joe's or whatever that specific coconut cream is that they sell it's the really famous it's the really famous one they sell them in all the supermarkets but yeah um and then you i personally instead of buying uh pineapple juice in a uh can I actually had a bunch of extra p- sliced up pineapples, so I just let the juice accumulate and used that, and it actually worked out pretty good in my. And then, of course, you got to mix in a couple of pineapples just to add texture. Again, I think a lot of this is also about the texture. Some people like it icy; they like that smoothie feel. I do not. I like it more fruity, um, where you can actually feel the fruits and the grains. But that does make it more syrupy. So, I mean. <laughs> Dial back the syrupiness of these drinks. Try to make the white rum come through a little bit more and still maintain the same overall flavor and theme of the drink of a, of a pina colada. I would love it. Like it would be great if I could have it on the rocks. It's also kind of uh, it's also kind of interesting how many sites I read that were like you got to use this type of rum and you got to use this type of rum. I don't know. I mean, all of these drinks, except maybe the Rock Lobster. I don't know about the Rock. I don't know as many variations of the Rock Lobster, but all these drinks have got like a million different ways that they've been executed. So that was kind of interesting to like read all the different recipes. I'm like, some people asked for orange juice in the pina colada. I was like, that sounds like a terrible idea. Why would you do that? But yeah, should be all right. I mean, I, I guess it's one of those things where people take their own take on it. I mean, people do it with old fashioned all the time. And they call it like a new fashion or something, so they don't get it. But you could really change it up any way you want. Um, and it's their way of taking something that people know and selling more of it because they think their version is better than somebody else. Yeah, I don't know that I agree with all that. But, you know, uh, you got to do what's best for you. I just don't think this is our type of drink. I think it was a neat little experiment. But... Uh, probably gonna stay away from the frozen drinks from for a while at least um, yeah, I've never been, i'm not gonna have any other frozen drinks until i go on my honeymoon yeah. yeah i don't think i'll ever make a frozen drink again i don't really like making them it's too much of a hassle and i have to get the the uh blender dirty and i hate washing a blender so <laughs> rather have it on the rocks you get more exactly that way. yeah and it's so much easier you just pour into a glass and maybe have a shaker and that's about it what kind of what kind of blender do you have a ninja or something no, I just have a normal. I just have a normal blender. Yeah, for me the I don't know. Get a ninja. The ninja's pretty easy to clean. We're by the way, by the way, sponsored sponsored by Ninja Blenders. Uh, I mean, I would use it like okay. So like Ninja, if you want to send me one as a you know as part of our sponsorship, I would use it. But I don't really see the appeal for me to buy one. I mean, it's a, it's a very nice blender. Yeah, what Maybe you, I need to be sent a free one to really understand. Well, see, yeah, I mean, what you got to appreciate is the durability 
and the you know the how quickly it blends, how thoroughly it blends, and it's just it's very stylish, you know. So maybe if Ninja is willing to look into that, you can truly experience the greatness of a Ninja Blender. I'm really missing out on like. I'm trying to get Vitamix or Blendtec to sponsor us if we're gonna go get a blender to fucking sponsor this podcast. Nah, I'm good. I don't need. I need a five hundred dollar blender. Oh no, we're actually well, we're because we're a podcast, we automatically get sponsored by MeUndies, but I don't know that y'all need us. No, no, I'm wearing a pair right now. I'm not gonna fucking kid with you. They have llamas on them, and their shits are so comfortable. <laughs> I, I did not know until right now that we were sponsored by them, but I have like. Wait, if we're sponsored them, let me get a pair. I mean, we've got someone on this air saying they're great. I want to try. And I will I will admit that Kevin has told me before about a pair of underwear that were good, and I bought them, and they were good. They weren't my undies. They were like the export ones. The oh, Ains, the like Ains? Export. Yeah, like These are way more comfortable than those. Too. Well, you told me about those a long time ago, and I got those, and those are the ones I get now. But, I mean, if my undies yeah. are me... MeUndies wants to send me some my way. We can definitely get These that. are, like, made out of, like, modal or whatever. And oh, they're, like, super, super soft. Isn't that, they're fucking dope. Yeah, they're, they're very comfortable. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah, just like uh, was like the Bombas socks is up there, too. Uh, but anyway. I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't had Bombas socks. Yeah, they're, apparently, they don't slip, according to all the ads I see. Oh, no, yeah, they're, they don't slip, and they're very comfortable. Made out of, like, some kind of bamboo. I don't remember the details. Huh. Anyway, I I'm yeah, gonna. So, so yeah, I'm gonna count that as our commercial break. Uh, but uh, back, to the other back to the music. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it. So we so like. I think it's funny. I think it's funny that I, personally, me, this was the worst alcohol review for me. Like my least favorite, but probably musically, it's it was one of my favorites. Just because of the, um, just how solid it was all across. Yeah, I liked every single band that we covered, uh, which I'll be straightforward with you. I was not expecting to be a huge fan of, uh, not system, not, it was, uh, Rage Against the Machine. I was kind of like, I'm not sure I'm really in the mood for this, but, you know, five, three, <laughs> like a couple of seconds in, I was like, oh, yeah, this is why I like this band. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, um, this was this subject this week was um, bands we want to see in concert. So I'm gonna kind of hand it over to you, Ozzy, first and talk about. But well, as you discuss not just the album, why don't you tell us why you want to see the band in concert and what kind of interests you in the band itself? Sure. So my choice this week was the band that I wanted to see was Rage Against the Machine, and I've always wanted to see them just due to their intensity. Um, I really like bands that, um, you know, I mean, everyone likes bands that really, you know, put on a good show, but I feel like due to the type of music and the message that they want to convey, they're all about live shows. And um, I've always wanted to see it, and I've always, you know, seen concerts on YouTube and stuff like that, and it seems insane. Um, and I've always been attracted to Rage because as musically, they're very simple. You know, they don't really do a lot. It is like a new metal uh, where it's kind of hip hop ish and it's kind of like heavy rock slash metal influences. Um, but I will say, even when they're somewhat basic, because, you know, they don't play like intricate stuff, um, 
they have a lot of uh, the, the members in the group are very very intelligent about how they do their their, their thing um, especially with the guitarist Tom Morello has always been a guitarist that has been seen as one of the you know uh, an icon when it comes to guitar because he's so unique in the way he plays guitar um, and that's what drew me to them and Rage Against the Machine the album was my favorite one so I went with that one and you know I, I love this album it's um, I think it was unfair that this I mean you guys randomly picked the other two but these three bands kind of influenced my what music I like and how I what guitar players I like and how I like to play guitar all these bands influenced me majorly um, and all three of these bands I would give my left leg to go watch um, and I've seen Iron Maiden but I haven't had a chance to see System of Down or Rage um, and Rage is technically back together but I don't think they're the same um, when they made this and the funny thing is all the content on this album hits way too close to home even now and it's 30 years old you know well, it came out ni- it came out in 1992 and every single song the content is absolutely a- applicable to this day and nothing has changed and that's kind of sad to think about but you know the broad range of topics between police brutality between you know the system and its racist uh, like tendencies between prison um, you know issues uh, and the need for reform and things like that you know suicidal tendencies like that stuff hasn't gotten any better um, and you know the, I think the biggest thing that makes them different than System of Down who's also very good at being you know mentally aware is that they have always been a lot more straightforward Rage Against the Machine doesn't really kind of like uh, tiptoe around the you know the they say blatantly in their song, I'm not going to fucking listen. I'm not going to do what the fuck they tell me want, to, want me to do. And I kind of like that. Sometimes you need that. And sometimes I think that's what pushes people back a little bit. It's like, I don't necessarily want to listen to somebody say, you know, fuck the system over and over again. You know, or, you know, you know, raise up, speak your, you know, speak your mind, choose a platform, do something. But sometimes you want subtleties to it, and they are not subtle about it, which I, I do like. So... That's probably my, you know, it's a good generalization of what they do. Um, they have a lot of good topics on the album itself. Um, some of the, the better topics that I like, they talked about. One song was, uh, I forgot, it talked about like a guy who was in prison and who wanted to kill himself essentially, but then he talks about how he, he's in prison and no one's going to care because he's in prison essentially. Like, no one's here to catch me when I fall suicide death is on my side suicide and he talks about how he's caught between his culture which i think it relates to like gang culture because i think the song is about how certain people don't have any choice but to be in gangs because it gives them a sense of belonging because they're born in you know poor situations or in less fortunate situations than some of us and i thought that was a pretty 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 cool song that still is relevant of course there are the police brutality songs too that are too eerily relevant especially to this last few weeks um but yeah i mean it's straightforward and pretty pretty aggressive at times that's kind of part of kind of interesting to me um i think a few weeks before sorry a few days before we were originally going to record this episode that article came out where it's like a bunch of 
<laughs> Rage Against the Machine fans like are now protesting the band now that they've learned what the lyrics are about. And I was like, how do you not know? They're so straightforward in the music. It's like yeah, this- I don't understand how you can't tell. I mean, <laughs> it, it's in their name, Rage Against the Machine. The machine is America, the system, you know, white power. It's um, the, yeah, it's the washing What do you system. expect? Yeah, that blew my mind. I saw that. It was like, because uh, they were talking about Tom Morello in specific, and he, he like must have said something. People were like, Tom Morello... Don't do politics. I'm like, excuse me? Excuse like, have you, do you know nothing about Tom Morello? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But I, I would say, yeah, we've kind of got three different bands in terms of what their messages or what their songs are about. Um, but Rage Against the Machine is by far the most straightforward. And I think that's what I like and respect about them. It's kind of what I was saying where it's like, I like their music. It just, you don't feel like you're going to be into it because you got to be kind of in that state of mind where it's like, I, I'm kind of against the system right now but yeah it's, it's not a very happy go lucky you don't really get like a upbeat feel to it it kind of puts you almost in a negative mood because you think about all these negative things that are happening and all these downsides to society but at the like, same time uh i mean it's surprising it was surprising to me when i put the album on how quickly they were able to invigorate me and get them get me on their side like i can see that and i do i've never seen any of their concerts i've never seen anything but i feel like if they can bring that kind of energy to a live environment, I could totally see why uh, they could they could theoretically start a riot themselves. You know, they've they've got the energy to do it. I think they they have a couple of times, haven't they? There was like the democratic riots in L.A. They helped start or something. That was kind of weird. But anyway, yeah, yeah, it is it is interesting how you know, like you're saying, they kind of invoke this strong feeling. And I think that the biggest thing is I've always really been a fan of their lead singer, Zach uh, De La Roca. He's like, and another thing is he's, uh, I think he's Hispanic. So I've always liked that, you know, it's easy to be white and talk about white supremacy and talk about the, the government being against you. But, you know, he's not white. So, I mean, it's kind of like you, obviously he's seen it in his life um, firsthand. And he talks about that. And he talks about how, you know, his, his one of those songs talks about how his parents have, weren't together and he has to deal with hardship and stuff like that um but yeah i mean i've always liked zach as a as a lyricist and as a singer well and i think rapper i guess is what you and i th- yeah and i think that also shows in his energy i mean again i don't think i don't i don't believe that somebody who doesn't live that kind of life would be able to bring the same kind of energy and excitement excitement might not be the right word but infuse the same energy into his performance uh, because it feels like he's really singing about something he's been through, um, which is not an easy goal to achieve when every song you're singing about has been is being about essentially the man keeping you down. Like how how long can you be kept down before you you know give up the fight? Well, he's that's kind of the point. They're like they're gonna keep fighting, uh, and I think that's a inspiring message uh in these times at the same in the same way i was sorry you were touching on how conveying those feelings and i will say that in general these three bands have very good lyricists slash singers who can convey a story or a feeling or randomness even at times um and it still kind of makes sense i'm not lost when i'm listening to these uh, albums or these uh, singers uh, so Kevin, before we go to your band, do you got any thoughts on Rage Against the Machine? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't like the album at all. 
Damn. Um, <laughs> I, I, so their main point is they're very lyrics driven, uh, which is understandable and what they're trying to get across uh, on their own. But literally every single song sounded, if you just listen to the sound, sounded exactly the fucking same. I could not tell when one song stopped and one end, or one stopped and one began. You, like they all just fucking ran together on this album. They, I mean, Ozzy pointed it out that they do, you know, stuff very simple, and to me that sounds like the exact same shit over and over and over again. But they changed the lyrics to it to make it a new point hmm. for what they were trying to do. That's so, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Listen, like someone who just like overall like. I kind of don't pay a whole lot of attention to lyrics, which is not very good for any of these bands, really. Um, well, System of Down just confused me in the first place, but well, yeah. uh, but so like I get it that they're very, making very political statements about that, but they really could have done something about how they attacked each song. Honestly, after like two or three songs, I'm pretty tired of it because it all sounds the same they all you know have a, a a decent like verse and then they get real quiet and then they build up and he yells about something that he cares about and then you go back through the whole loop a couple of times and that's his song that's every song in this album it is it I will, is I will, go ahead i will say that in the grand scheme of rage against the machine the discography is not very versatile um so i can see where you're coming from i think this album did the best about having diversity in it on its own um i think obviously the lyrics are the biggest thing so when you're not really paying attention to it as much it does take away from the song because it can be kind of like hip-hop sometimes where you know the main thing is the lyrics the the hit though that um how they're conveying themselves and if you just listen to the beats or if you just listen to the music it can all kind of seem like it runs together and i will say because of their simplicity sometimes it does seem kind of samey but it, it's a little intricate and um i think one thing i do like about rage is their their bass player is is very very um uh, what's it called like very funky that's the thing they, they like combine elements of metal and things like uh, new metal with like funk you know there has a feeling of funk because of the bass player and i really enjoy that part because every now and then you hear like a good bass riff line that comes out of nowhere and I mean, I, again, I, I do understand where you're coming from, though, with it being samey. I I was actually kind of surprised, I guess, because my take was I thought it, I was going to feel similar to what Kevin felt. But when I listened to the album, I actually felt like there was more difference between the songs than I expected. And I do think that, Ozzy, you make a good point. I think a lot of that is on the bassist. Because if you just focus on the vocals and the guitar... The guitar is the most repetitive thing in this. Nothing nothing changes at all. But the bass changes and the drumming tempo changes. And that actually shifts the songs enough that you can kind of tell the difference. But I do also understand that if you're not serious... Yeah, that if you're not, like, paying attention, I can also understand that... That's probably not going to change. That's not going to stand out, I guess, would be the way of thinking about it. Yeah, I'm not sitting in a sensor uh, deprivation chamber listening to Rage Against the Machine. Sorry. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. Fair. 
I think, I think that's what, I mean, without too extreme, I think that's what they were made for, right? They weren't made for easy listening. They, if they were made for easy listening, they wouldn't be raging against anything, right? Um, you could you could change up the guitar and still rage against things. <laughs> I, mean, I, it I don't argue that it is samey, but I'm not going to sit here and say it was the same. It, it, it does follow certain things, but I think, you know, Tom Morello does a good job of, even though it's, you know, the same, it can be almost the same tempo, he does different sounds with his guitars, and I think it's very, it's not as straightforward as just, oh, you know, it's got some distortion, and I'm playing, you know. Well, I mean, I do agree, Kevin makes a good point, it, it, you know, Soundgarden and Audio Slave, they rage against things too, but... Uh, their guitar does, in fact, sound different in most of their songs. So, they also sing. They also sing, and I think that's the biggest thing. This is, so does yell into a microphone like <laughs> Rage Against the Machine? Yeah. That's why they're a band. The difference between Rage Against the Machine and other bands is that other bands are bands. I, I don't know about that. Uh, I feel like we're going to get into a tangent if we keep this going. But I'm just going to say, like, I, I'm kind of surprised by your take against the like rap singing that Rage Against the Machine does, considering we just did Linkin Park a while ago. And I'm like, this is very similar to that, but I don't know. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, as far as... Linkin these... Park changes up their stuff. Okay, yeah. So when Linkin Park is changing up their melodies more than this band, no, no, yeah. reevaluate your band. Okay, I thought you were just... Not necessarily. I think Linkin Park has the ability to do different things because... They are. They also have the emo side of them, right? These guys don't do that. These guys aren't emo. These they guys do the same thing political. over and over again. Well, it's very political, right? It's what I would expect from someone who went to Harvard for social science. Yes, this is the band that I would think about that. <laughs> I don't know about that, but okay, sure. All right, Kevin. Uh, so we're going to get into System of a Down now. I'm actually kind of curious what you have to say about this band. Uh, I've got some thoughts, but I'll let you get into it. So, why do you want to go see System of a Down live in concert? Um, I don't know. I've always liked System. There's something nostalgic to me about System of a Down. I tried to steal this album, not Toxicity. So, if this is going to be one of those moments where you listen to the wrong album, I apologize. Um, uh, you sure about that? I could have sworn you said Toxicity. I'm pretty sure I should steal this album. Um, but either way, I can review both. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, he knows them both. But uh, I chose Steal This Album because of the... it has, The album has a little bit more of a somber tone. So I got into System of a Down around the Toxicity time. And then, you know, Toxicity, Hypnotize, or Mesmerize, Hypnotize. And those were kind of like a big thing. But going back and listening to Steal This Album... I, uh, they, they have just a little bit of a different, more somber tone, but it's a little bit more refined than their um, self-titled album. Self-titled album is just kind of all over the place, and uh, you just sent me a text about me picking the wrong Yeah, 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 yeah It doesn't, it doesn't. I even said, it says Toxic the City. We've, it was, uh, yeah, it was June 7th. You've picked Toxicity. Uh, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Just review right, the damage. Hold on, no, I'm going to keep scrolling through this shit and find 
Okay, so while while he's scrolling, I'm going to go ahead and get my point in about System of the Down. System of the Down is an interesting band. It's going to sound like I'm ragging on... actually say System of a Down? I feel like you're saying System of a Down. You're not even saying the T. System... <laughs> what? System of a Down. System. Time, are, you, are you drunk already? Because it sounds like you're I'm a little. I'm, I'm a little slurring, but anyway. Okay, so sis, system of a down. System of a down. Are you okay? You Happy with that now? All right. So it's gonna sound like I'm kind of bashing on the band, but I swear I'm not. I never got system of a down. That doesn't mean I don't like their music. I just straight up don't. I don't understand their lyrics. Obviously, their lyrics are so out the window and their musical style is just so unlike anything else you kind of hear on this planet like the way i don't know any of the band members names but the way the singer can get like really really quiet and then really really loud extremely quickly and i've been told he can do that live on stage which is insane it's either w- Serge tankian or da- uh damon is it damon or darren yeah you're talking about Serge. Yeah. yeah but and then the way that their like songs just kind of swirl in different styles and they can shift up so quickly. Like I've never really understood where they come up with the ideas for their styling, for their lyrics, for all this crazy stuff. That said, I've always liked their music. Everything I've heard from them has always been very interesting and unique and I've liked it a lot. But yeah, I, I, I've always kind of been curious like from an artistic standpoint, like how do they come up with this stuff? It's so crazy. But um, that's my take. Anyway, Kevin, have you determined that you're wrong yet? Yeah, no, I'm pretty wrong. Okay. <laughs> twice, <laughs> dude. Like twice. Yeah, I'm uh, confused. Where I mean, I wouldn't doubt it if you changed your mind, but I feel like I would have remembered. But at the same time, you said it twice. I'm like, you said toxicity twice. Man, I just didn't come across it. My eyes, like in my mind, I thought toxicity is where I first started listening to it. But I like still this album as an album more and i guess i never said that because every time i was like oh what album were we doing i'm like fucking toxicity that's yeah. the yeah. one fair enough uh, i mean that's the one i mean that's their most commercial one i think well that's their biggest successful one. well it was also the one that caused the most uh drama because it came out i think right after 9-11 or right before yeah, yeah and then like they had to actually censor i think it was chop suey because it came out right near 9-11 i was like damn it came out a a week, exactly a week before 9-11. Yeah, so that that was kind of interesting. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, anyway, Kevin, sorry, we keep interrupting you. What? Go go back into it. No, you're good. Uh, so toxicity, it hits a little bit harder, um, I think. Um, a lot of these songs have a lot of, uh, I guess, screaming and heavy metal aspects to them. Um, so like, uh, bounce, shimmy, there's kind of this, like all of them have a lot of stuff to them. But I'm, I'm doing this off the fly. I wasn't ready for this. I chose the wrong album. I, 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 was hurt. I was chose hurt. the wrong album. Uh, uh, no, but like a lot of these have a nice, uh, you know, middle ground. Like, uh, what's the thing in the middle where they go to a lower? Beat? Yeah, I forget. Bridge? Is it a bridge? Whatever. Yeah, but like, so like, Deer Dance hat, you know. Uh, Chop Suey is all kind of somber, uh, and then Toxicity is kind of pretty pretty low. And then Air- I love Aerials. Aerials is probably one of my favorite songs out of the entire thing. Uh, going off that Deer Dance is another one. But go to the lyrics. They are very 
um, politically driven out of all of it, but they're not as straightforward as Rage Against the Machines, as in, I have no idea what the fuck they're saying, and when you go to Genius and look up their lyrics, there's like no, one line. No one really it, knows. And it's just like, because, so, alright, so I didn't look, I looked up on something on an even more different album, I looked up Ufig, uh, and there was only one line in Genius that's like, oh, this is about getting recruited into the army they're very army based for a lot of their stuff Just yeah military deer yeah, dance yeah, prison yeah, song yeah. they're like talking about you know incarcerating a lot of people uh just for free labor and stuff like that um which is pretty accurate for for right now they're talking about you know with with that what's happening in the united states but it's kind of a that the whole song is about like defunding the, the yeah and I know I just said that yeah. I know I just said that most of their songs were not very clear prison song is pretty damn clear well, about it. Song, <laughs> half of the song isn't a song they're just reading out statistics <laughs> yeah it's kind of a cop out if you ask me I think it's kind I of horseshit but I actually kind of like that part of the song just cause it's so like <laughs> what the fuck are you doing but I yeah I do want to say that I think the the larger mainstream system of a down songs were all very random. Like I think the political ones, the ones that are more straightforward, and the ones that don't take much deciphering, never made it to be. Were never made to be like hits. So that's the stuff that people don't hear. So they're always hearing the random shit that is like terracotta pie. Like what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, that's from Hypnotizer Mesmerized. But well, well, I mean, yeah. they are random like that. But you are right. They do have, I think, if you look at the grand scheme of System of a Down, they have a huge myriad of random ass songs, but they also have straightforward songs like, you know, Prison Song, like you were saying, you know. And then there's other songs like, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, it's on this album, too. Uh, Toxicity. Atwa. Bounce. Atwa's not that. Ed was actually pretty pretty straightforward. Deer Dance isn't as it's somewhat straightforward because it talks about police brutality. It's literally yeah. talking about wanting to push people around with your big gun. Like it's it's straightforward. Which but, oddly enough, Deer Dance is about the LA Democratic riots, which was yeah. Rage Against the Machine was involved in. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> and and, and they, this album isn't you know it's not as old. It's twenty years old, but it's still relevant as well. I mean, between like you're saying the prison song, obviously prison reform um my, one of my favorite songs on here is needles uh because it it, it 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 really combines what system of a down is it's so fucking random it's talking about pulling the tape room out of your ass what the fuck does that mean what the actual fuck does that mean but when you t- when you listen to the song the verses kind of tell you what that means because it's talking about drug addiction it's talking about essentially they're saying pull the tape room out of your ass don't become addicted like don't don't like obviously it's not it's harder than that but it's saying like Drugs are bad for you because they make you dependent on it because they become like a tapeworm where it, it's a parasite killing you slowly and you're not even noticing it. And I think that's like literally encompasses what System of Down is. They're touching on this topic that is a huge topic and doing it in the most random ass way. Yeah, and I mean, I I honestly kind of like their more existential songs. I think people try to make Chop Suey political. They say it's about drugs. They say it's about a lot of things. But I think... Uh, the singer, when I looked up the song at least, said that it's essentially just about 
people living different lifestyles and how like one person can just die and it would mean absolutely nothing to somebody else living a different lifestyle. So, I mean, you could take a lot from any of the songs depending on your perspective, you know, aside from songs like Bounce, which is pretty clearly about, you know, <laughs> group sex. So, yeah, you know, take... Well, there it's it's actually interesting. This this is for a whole other podcast, but it's for air, trees, water, and animals. It's a bunch of hippy dippy bullshit. Well, it's kind of interesting because they believe, like a lot of artists believe, uh, that Charles Manson wasn't really that bad of a guy. The other people, people he was ordering, murdered the people, not him. But that's a whole other issue. So I'm not I mean, gonna get. You can still have you can still have good ideas, but be a shitty person. Yeah, I'm not. I'm pretty sure he was a shitty person, but I mean, he's not. He's not, not. I'm not. I'm not getting into that whole debate uh, on this particular podcast. So we'll figure that out and the issues with Charles Manson another time. But I, yeah, again, it comes back to when you're talking about Sis of the Down. They're just so weird, but there's something attractive about that style that there's just nothing quite like them. And I do agree. It's it's eccentric. It's crazy, and they bring and they it just like Rage Against the Machine. They bring a lot of energy. And it's just hard to ignore them. Yeah. So, so, so on, on the scale, we had Rage Against the Machines, which was very easy to understand the lyrics, like, in terms of physically hearing them. Now we move to System of a Down, which is slightly harder to hear for me, but I can still get a point, the point across and understand kind of what's going on. Some of the lyrics don't make a whole lot of sense until you read into them. And this is the big segue into Logan's album, which is Iron Maiden, I can't understand a single fucking word they say. You just can't understand what they're singing? <laughs> I'm I, sorry. I, mean, I, know, I know they're not from America, but they don't have an accent in any way. I yeah, I actually... Yeah, but I'm listening to, like, the actual, you know, instruments play, and then you got, like, the lyrics kind of in the background of it. They're more about the hard metal and... Well... I, I mean, I, I have to disagree because this is this is also hard for me because I I grew up listening to Iron Maiden. Like I said, the all these three bands like helped mold my my music tastes, and so I know these songs, I know the lyrics, I know so I know what to hear. So I understand that there's so much going on because they're a huge band. They have like three guitarists, they have a great bassist, they have a great drummer, but I think their singer. It's one of the, he's one of the best metal singers of all time, and I think that to say that the singing isn't really what they're going for, I think the storytelling and the singing is a big part of what makes Iron Maiden who they are. Yeah, I mean, I kind of want to debate that, but first I want to just get into, I think what I want to see about Iron Maiden is, I think the reason I've always liked Iron Maiden is exactly what Ozzy touched on. They are more than just musicians, they're storytellers, which is a shame if... Uh, I mean, I'm not even, like, saying this to give back at you, Kevin. I'm just saying, like, if you couldn't hear the lyrics, it's a shame because some of their their lyrics are just beautiful. Uh, but anyway, um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's what I really enjoy about them is compared to System of a Down, which is more about, you know, we're getting you pumped up because we want to rage literally against the... Uh, did I say System of a Down? Compared to Rage Against the Machine, where you're literally getting pumped up to Rage Against the Machine, uh, and compared to System of Down, where everything is completely esoteric, uh, all of all of uh, Iron Maiden's songs have a very clear and straightforward point and they're just kind of telling you a story and weaving it out in front of you and the mu- music is ideally accompanying that and that's what i've always liked about them and their styling is they're not just when they're on stage i mean i've heard stories of it i'm sure ozzy you've seen some of it but like when they do the trooper they'll bring out the british flag and kind of like run it out and wave it in front of the pop populace and they you know get all the devil the devil stuff and they're really big on the big visuals and all the f- flames and everything else to accompany them in their songs so i've always wanted to see that they really bring kind of a unique energy and they're they are more kind of like everybody else on this list they're more than just musicians a lot of their art is how they perform it and what they do with it um as far as the vocals i man i don't know what to say about that man i i part of the reason i originally got into iron maiden was because it's a lot easier to understand their vocals than a lot of other metal groups because many other metal groups are like screamy and yelling and just really loud and they, they pump up the music so you can't really hear them. Iron Maiden, I've always been, yeah, it's, they've always had pretty clear vocals, but I don't know. Maybe, I, don't know, I, I wish I could speak to it. I don't know how you were listening to them, but uh, that's I, I know about, um, <laughs> let's see, number, so I know four words off this one. So I know Run to the Hills and I know Number of the Beast. Those are the two songs I know. And that's the four words off of both of those songs that I know. Huh? Wow. Okay. Well, anyway. Well, those, are, those are popular songs by them. And, um, and the only reason I know those is because they were on like Guitar Hero and Rock Band. There you go. Eh, eh fair enough. I mean, but I, will, I, I, mean I, I am on um, Logan's side and I will attest to what you're saying. I have seen, this is the only band I've seen live and they put on a show. I will say that they are. This is the different type of metal, where I mean, there, there's metal is very broad when it comes to you know what you're hearing because you know, like you were saying, you know, sometimes metal can be just about the instruments. Like you're trying to play fast, you're trying to play very technical, and you know, you kind of get away from the lyrics as much. And there are bands who do that. There are bands who just kind of scream and kind of have a chorus, even though it's not like. They're not saying things. They are saying it, but they're not saying a lot because I have bands that maybe say, you know, 20 different words, but they repeat it for four minutes in different ways, and their musical playing is amazing. That's a different type of metal than this. This metal is very almost theatrical um, in that they're telling a story. They have this whole cinematic feeling with their mascot, which if you see on every album, they have, uh, I think his name is Eddie, the, the... yeah, the skull-looking guy, skeleton-looking guy. The skeleton guy. They have it out at every concert. He's always there. Like I said, I've seen him live. I was going to go see them again before they stopped touring, but I, I didn't get a chance. But it's great. Every time, it's been a great time. They can play the asses off. Like They play pretty much just like it is on the album. Um, and I can attest to the, the singer being one of the best metal singers because like I've seen him live, and he can do it just as well. And... I will say that this album, for some reason, 
also still touches on certain things like politically like there's songs like run to the hills which talks about like um people taking over uh, american occupation american yeah. occupation invaders which is pretty straightforward it talks about people coming over and taking land raping and pillaging and literally says it in the song yeah um, it talks about 22 acacia avenue which is my favorite song in this album because it's so so dense um it talks about like prostitution and why why one would want to do that. It's not just like oh you're a slut or there's hoes. It's just like hey why are you doing this? And then by the end of the song, it's cool because it goes from talking about this this um, prostitute and you know she'll give you she'll do this for free. You can get her on her knees. It goes very it, it gets very uh, detailed about like it talks about like oh you can get her on her knees. You can um, you know, dead. I think it, her, caress you know, her, molest her is one of the lyrics. Her. Yeah, it's, it's so straight, it's so like <laughs> like vivid, and I'm just like wow. And like halfway through the song, then you start talking about asking her why you're doing this. You know, what do you just like to get laid or stuff like that? And then at the end of it, he's like, hey, you're coming with me. You're not living this life anymore. I'm taking you away with this. Like I, I love that song because of its transition from you know she's a whore to you know get away from this life yeah because we're taking you yeah and, uh, liberating you from this lifestyle right. uh hallowed be thy name that's always been oh, good the the prison yeah, the prisoner is, uh, is also probably pretty relevant i guess yeah there's a lot of again i mean it's just you take what you do from the song but again there's a lot to be taken from the you know there's a lot to be taken just from the pure storytelling like the prisoner you know, I'm not a number. I'm a free man. Uh, kind of that mentality, and then "Hallowed Be Thy Name," which I don't know if I agree with this, but when I googled best metal song, it came out in the list. I don't know that I agree with that, but it's a really good song. I would. I would it's definitely. I think it's one of their best. I really do think it's one of their best. And seeing it live, this is literally a story. This is literally a story. Like if you read the lyrics, if you listen to it, and I think it's decently easy to listen to. It literally talks about a, a dude who's about to be, you know, put to death for his atrocities or some kind of murder or something like that. And it is so depictive of what's going through his mind and it's it gets you so in, enthralled into the story. It, you almost I almost forget like like I know the lyrics more than I know the music sometimes. I'm like I can sit here and repeat to you the lyrics, but I can't remember exactly what's going on musically. But that doesn't take away from the fact that musically they're doing a great job too. Yeah, there's I don't know. I feel... I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not trying to rag on you, Kevin. I'm just kind of bummed out that you, like... I guess for some reason you couldn't hear the lyrics. I don't know. As that's you, know, you know how many times it took me to listen to Toxicity before I heard most of it? I just... I hear songs. I don't listen to them. Okay. Well, like, that's fair. I, it just doesn't fucking process. There's, like, a lot of <laughs> classic rock songs that I can't understand either. It's like when we listen to Puff and uh, whoever the fuck else... Uh, I didn't know half the lyrics to those songs either. Like, it, it just kind of all ends up being a blur. Uh, and I listen to the lyrics, I listen to the voice more as another instrument than the actual words to it, I think is what's more happening. Oh, okay. Well, and I mean... So I... It, just, it just doesn't click. Like, I have to really sit down and try to listen to the song, and that's not what I want to do when I'm listening. I mean, I just kind of yeah. wanted to be, you know, noise. Really. Yeah, I mean, that's just your style of listening. I, again, that's just like, uh, again, like Ozzy and I took so much away from it. I just, you know, I, I, no, it's, it's really. I, mean, like, yeah, I understand I'm missing out, but it's just like, I, I 
Well, I, I think that's the whole point of having reviews with three different people. We all get different things out of it. It's, yeah. You know, some bands are a little bit more easy to listen to, depending on your listening style, because I do listen to listen. Like, I will sit down and listen to music, because I, I, that's one of my hobbies. Like, it's easy to say you like music. Everyone likes music, you know. You have your few people who don't. But, like, people listen to it when they're working out, or people just listen to it while they're driving in their car. So they, some people get more of a feeling out of it than trying to get the message. And there's different bands that do different things, and people interpret it differently. So, I mean, I can understand not necessarily getting it off the bat. So, I mean, after, I mean, there's only so many listens. I mean, we decided to listen to this stuff, what, like a week and a half ago? I mean, how yeah. often do you sit down and listen to an entire album all the way through if you don't Literally do never, unless it's yeah. for this. Uh... <laughs> so, fair. I do, that, I do that all the time, dude. I, I don't listen to singles. I like listening to albums, and this is, these are all, like, Oh, no. I, w- I think... I just want to point out, like, a lot of something that actually, to listening to it at the vocals as another instrument instead of, like, actual words, is that Iron Maiden, the voice is pretty high-pitched. Oh, absolutely. And and so it's a little bit jarring for me because it doesn't harmonize as well as some of the other voices that I hear. So it's just one of those things where it just kind of, like, it all it takes me out of it a little bit. Like I understand that a lot of people love Iron Maiden and stuff like that, and that clearly there's a reason to enjoy it because you guys are all about you know like they do a very good job of going into the lyrics and kind of fitting it with the entire story. But it's just not something that I get out of the band. Like would I go see him? Sure, I would go see Iron Maiden like way before I saw Rage Against the Machine, but. Because it's, Iron Maiden sounded different in their songs to me. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, they put on a different show. Again, do you want a whole hour and a half of Rage Against the Machine? No, I want like two songs from Rage Against the Machine, right. and that's enough for me. I know, I know a lot of people right now who actually would want a whole show of Rage Against the Machine. Just not me personally. No, yeah. I, I personally would. I would. I would take it. <laughs> yeah, but and I would get that much fit, and I would get hurt, and it would be worth. It. But yeah, again, I mean. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not ragging on you. I just think it's like, yeah, you take what you can from the thing. It's just one of those where it's like this band means so much to me. It's just kind of a shame. It's like when you like want to share something with somebody and they're like, ah, I just don't get it. But it's it's fine. Well, I think that's why we all have our different favorite artists, right? Sometimes yeah. You can find similarities in what you like, but sometimes you can't. Like it's hard for me to like. I don't really understand what people like EDM. I don't. I just can't get behind it. <gasps> How that doesn't mean dare you? <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> But another thing I do want to touch on, though, uh, with Iron Maiden is another reason that I do like them and their music is so diverse is they also have a wonderful bassist, which makes half their songs like so much better because their bassist actually drives some of the songs rather than just being guitar-driven. And that's, that, that can happen a lot in metal. A lot of time in metal, like Metallica is very famous with not doing anything with bass. Like they had a whole album where there was no fucking bass. They just took out the bass. No one even thought about it until years later where people were like, wait, where's the bass? They're like, yeah, well, we just kind of mixed it out. We didn't really need it. So, or they just end up doubling what the guitar does. Iron Maiden doesn't do that. Their bass player actually plays different bass lines and completely brings you into the music when the guitars are doing different things. Well, and I would argue that I think what Iron Maiden really does is they put a lot of thought into balancing out the songs. Uh, If you think about it, like... uh, Run to the Hills, for example, that has that great intro that's basically just drums. I mean, you've got the guitar riffs 
kind of working in there. But really, it's the drums that carry that whole first half of that song before it kind of kicks up into the European invasion, as it were. Uh, and then, you know, you've got, I think it's the intro to uh, Hallow Be Thy Name, where it's kind of got the the bass line and the guitar kind of mixed to make kind of like a piano-sounding vibe. So I think they just put a lot of thought into, like, how are we going to mix this up and make sure we all kind of get our own section? But, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot I like about Iron Maiden. Uh, it's, it's the same because my favorite song from them is not on this album, which is The Trooper, but this is by far my favorite album by them. <laughs> this is probably, uh, in my opinion, their best album. I don't know. but uh, This album... This album and System of a Down are two of the albums that I would play just like religiously and not really like. Like I remember listening to Iron Maiden and putting it like um, I would like be writing with like my uncles and aunts and just putting it on and just not really realizing how random it is to be in a car with you know two older adults that don't, don't really like metal and I just I would play it just front to back and System of a Down as well and that would be even weirder because. Yeah. Their shit's wild. Um, yeah, I, I tried doing that with my dad once. He did not appreciate the uh, finer messages of Run to the Hills. I don't know why. He was very, he seemed very upset by it. Uh, but yeah, you know, <laughs> those things happen. I, I, I don't know. I liked all these albums in different ways, and I think they're all unique band. I will say Iron Maiden is touring again, or they were supposed to before the COVID thing happened. I don't know. If yeah, and I don't know because uh, Bruce Dickinson. Well, Bruce Dickinson had uh, throat cancer a couple of years ago, and then his ex-wife just died like a couple of weeks ago. They uh, were I, supposed to tour in 2021 with Judas Priest, although I don't know, I don't know what the deal is if it's still on. Speaking of Judas Priest, Judas Priest is the other band that people say is one of the classic metal like best vocalists, like Rob Helford. Uh, I'd never really, really enjoyed his singing. Um, I've always preferred Bruce Dickinson. But another band that is uh, pretty, pretty solid. Uh, they've, I could never tell because I felt like they did a better job of like mixing his vocals in with the like riffs. Whereas Iron Maiden, the vocals like actually stand out. So maybe, Kevin, you might like Judas Priest more because it kind of blends in better, I guess. It harmonizes better. Let's go with that. Um, and then, yeah, but yeah, they're both the big English metal bands that I can think of anyway. Um yeah, so I think that's going to wrap us up for tonight. Do we know when the next tour for System of the Down is or for... Uh... Oh, goodness gracious. I got to rub it in. Oh, they're, oh, that's right. They broke up. Yeah, my bad. Oh, they're on technically hiatus. Yeah, since like 2006. Yeah, Search went solo for a while. Um, I have heard that they're that they're back in like good terms of like playing music together, but that doesn't mean much. Well, Search left because he didn't like playing new metal. That was That's the whole fair. point. He was like, I yeah, don't was, like playing this kind of music, so I'm done. And he's he, he's always been like the, I mean, because he, he just sings, right? I mean, he does play instruments, but he's he's, he's, he's not a, like a guitarist. He's above but he guitar. is a great vocalist, I will say that much. Um, do we know if Rage, if Rage is touring? They were touring. They were supposed to tour this year without COVID going on. And they were supposed to headline like Lollapalooza or something like that. And I remember people getting... Getting into like a big hissy fit because it's like Rage Against the Machine. That's not really Raging Against the Machine. You're kind of like going to Lollapalooza. So some of the down is touring, or they were supposed to be touring. I don't know. I think 
think they've like done like some Los Angeles dates. Like they only tour in the West Coast. Which they are tour. They toured in Europe and the West Coast. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So unless you're in Europe or in Los Angeles, you're you're pretty much out of luck. But they are yeah, they, tour, they, they tour. are touring with who is it? Or they were supposed to tour because it was 2020 date. They were supposed to tour with. Corn, Faith No More, Helmet, and Russian Circles. See, Russian Circles are the only band I would go see because I've seen them live and they're fucking awesome. Well, but everyone else, I would not go see. I don't want to pay to see Corn, and I don't want to pay to see Faith No More. And I guess... Oh, we're paying to see people these days? Uh, believe it or not. We're getting paid? Uh, <laughs> yeah, if System of Down comes in here like 10 hours away from here, I'm going to go watch it. 10 hours. I would drive 10 hours. Yeah. Absolutely. How far is that, though? And yes, technically... As far as Tennessee, as far as Pennsylvania, and Florida. I wouldn't go to Florida, though, because Florida sucks. Yes, and Rage Against the Machine with Run the Jewels would have been touring... Oh, actually, they were coming to PNC in August. Oh, well. Oh, I, I remember that, because it's sold out. And, Rage, and, and um, Run the Jewels is actually pretty cool, too, because they're a very like kind of political hip-hop group um and zach zach the lead singer for rage has actually been on some of their songs believe it or not they still have tickets on vivid seats although they are quite expensive anyway but yeah so if you're in any if you are interested in any of those bands feel free to check them out and then be sure to buy some me undies and go to their concerts all righty uh someone buy me some me undies <laughs> yeah i'll talk your own stuff you're employed I'll talk. That's true, but I want free stuff. I'll, I'll talk to them and see if we can get some free me undies over here for you, Ozzy. Alrighty. That modal robe, baby. No, you go buy your own. <laughs> till till next time, everybody. Uh, y'all have a good rest of your night. Bye, you guys. See ya. Terracotta pie.